KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. Glad to have you with us this week. It is a little bit of a uh, bittersweet episode. I feel like we have to kind of acknowledge the elephant that's... That we upgraded? That we upgraded. We have upgraded. I like that. Upgrade. Taylor Maples, Joshua Wildman Stratton. And the new man... On Matt the ones and twos, Gold Branson. Yes, and you said it perfect, by the way. Thank you. That was perfect. Thank you. Did I you practiced. say Gold? Gold Branson. I like Gold. Well, my nickname around here is Goldfish, so mm. that's kind of what I go go by. So if Goldfish is easier, you can call me Goldfish. I'm down with that. It's it is fitting for the outdoor hour. It is. It is. I go by Goldfish on the soccer show. Okay. Okay. Goldfish. I like that. That was Chapman. I have to yeah. give Chapman credit for that one. I that was pretty that. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for well, him. We got to welcome Gold Branson, Goldfish, into the outdoor hour. Glad well, to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, as I was talking to Taylor earlier today, uh, I was in Boy Scouts, so yeah. I got my Eagle Scout. So I'm down Look with the outdoors. You. So yeah. I haven't. That's more than I ever accomplished. So. Being in radio, I haven't been outdoors in a while, but I do enjoy the outdoors. So I'm glad to be along. That's awesome, man. Learn me some things. We're glad Get you're learned here. up. We joke a lot that for being the outdoor hour, we spend a lot of time in the studio talking about these things. One of these days, we'll actually push this thing outside and do more content in the field. But um, Josh Wildman Stratton with us again, as always, in studio, finally, again, a couple weeks in a row here. You've been on the road a little bit, though. I know you've got some more trips coming up. Yeah, I um, fly out tonight. That's right. Yeah. Where are you headed? To Red Lodge, Montana. Ooh. That does not suck. No, it should be solid. I mean, I'm there for meetings, but, you know, it's still nice to look out the window at a meeting and see something pretty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to sneak in some fishing uh, here and there. Hopefully we can pull that off. You know, the joys of uh, budget season for a major nonprofit. So it's uh, the exec staff going to hammer out, uh, you know, which pennies are mine. And uh, that should be interesting to say the least. It uh, We've got three new executives since our last budget meeting uh, on the team, including myself. So this is uh, for three of us, for three of the six, this is our first budget meeting all together as a team. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. As somebody who went through budget meetings last year at this time for the first time in a position, uh, good luck. Yeah. Um, also, when you, they're not used to a budget like I'm about to show up with. 
Um, so I've been warning our chief uh, financial officer for like three months. Please don't have a heart attack. I'm showing up with everything. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Big, uh, big radio advertising segment Huge of that budget, right? For Tyler Media. For Tyler Media. Yeah. I knew I liked you. Yeah. There you go. Massive. That's I spoke to uh, our boy JD uh, Strong this morning. Did you? I did. What's he up to? You know, busy, busy, busy. Um, we were talking about uh, that mule deer research program. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, pretty cool what they got going on there. Been meeting with the head of that stuff this week uh, with Coulter and uh, talked to Kurt in, in more detail about it. And um, we're working on something cool to, to tell the story of the work that uh, the wildlife department did to fund this project and what this project really stands for and man the it, it's amazing the people who are interested uh, you know we got we got uh, a fair number of the meat eater crew who's pretty excited about what's going on in Oklahoma and want to help us tell that story so uh, it, we'll, we'll see what shakes out but always good to touch base with him also started my morning uh, waist deep in Liberty Lake uh, fishing today 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 thanks for the invite yeah yeah it was chilly this morning it felt nice out there yeah it the water was significantly warmer than the air temp yeah i believe yeah. that so man it was beautiful fog rolling over everything and there's a couple of guys on bass boats but uh met a friend of mine out there who was uh looking for some more assistance in casting and um, we just said, Hey, let's just meet here and get a line wet for a few hours. I left him there to come here, ran home real quick, changed clothes, jumped back in the car and, and, uh, came, came our way. So, but, uh, yeah, I was, uh, in the water by seven fifteen this morning. So it's the middle of August right now. Yep. Where is your mindset right now? Are you still thinking about fishing or are I'm you thinking starting about the kinda... waning days of fishing, right? Like I'm you know, there's still great opportunity, you know, the lower mountain for, or, sorry, the lower Illinois is just absolutely about to go off. I mean, the striper fishing in, in the river system is going to be exceptional, I think, in the next couple of weeks. If it'll stay hot, the Arkansas is like 87 degrees right now, which is like near death for stripers. And so the number of stripers who've moved into the mouth of um, the lower Illinois there and our staging and our moving up river is pretty significant. There's some really big fish in there. So that still excites me. But if I'm honest, I'm I'm 90% into hunting season already and, you know, thinking about dove season right around the corner and, you know, spoke with you about it and trying to get some stuff put together. It's always just a great way to jump off September with some friends sweating to the oldies uh, in the hot, still hot Oklahoma September and uh, trying to put some birds on the ground. So, And we've got some dove opportunities coming up that we can talk about more in the coming weeks. Yep. Um, I saw something dove-related this week that I'd never seen, never thought of. Um, this group of people puts up fake power lines on their property. Have you heard of this oh, before? Oh, yeah. That's a thing for doves? Yeah. It just seems so uh, ingenious. It's like part of their habitat, you know? Yeah, it's, sure. It's crazy it, it, uh, how they've evolved. Um, 
But and to just put in a couple of big poles and tie some rope between them. I was about to ask you how the setup looked. Like, yeah. That, that's quite ingenious, actually. It's, it's literally just big old poles that they put in the ground, and they tie some ropes to the top to mimic what would be a power line that runs right through their property to attract all the doves. Yeah. Working smarter, not harder. It's brilliant. I'm into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, man... You know, I got a number of films in pre-production, all mule deer related. So trying to get all those things ironed out, October, November, we'll be here before we know it. Anything I need to know about? You know, there's some stuff. Okay. You know, we're working on some stuff. I to... feel like we've got some a lot of really cool stuff in the hopper right now. Yeah. Um, it'll be a lot of fun when we get to share all of this, you know, with the listeners. Yeah. Um, but then- Obviously, the mule deer stuff coming up this fall, deer season right around the corner, duck season right around the corner after that. Um, I know you've got a squirrel cook-off coming up that you're excited yeah. about. Well, of course. The World Championship Squirrel Cook-Off is-, is <laughs> He says, of course. Is always uh, <laughs> on the calendar. Should should be for all who- uh, I think I've got something else going on that weekend, though. You do have something else going on that weekend. We've got- um, the Oklahoma Waterfowl Festival is that same weekend. Yep, and that's where I plan to be. And then we've got, let's see here, that Friday is the International Fly Fishing Film Festival, which will be going down at Cross Timbers that J.D. Adams is putting on. And um, also the morning of the 23rd, Onyx Hunt is sponsored a public land pack out which is like a cleanup yep on the uh, illinois river yeah, that's being hosted by backcountry hunters and anglers so definitely check that out and then um in october uh bha is hosting their annual deer camp on uh the 27th through the 29th I don't know where that one's going to be, but uh, check with uh, BHA Oklahoma chapter on their socials. And then they've got uh, their annual duck camp in December uh, waiting on the dates for that. But a lot going on this fall through some conservation organizations. Uh, but that's September 22nd, Fly Fishing Film Festival across Timbers. Uh, September 23rd, uh, we got the, as I mentioned, the Oklahoma Waterfowl Festival, which is where they have the state championship duck calling competitions, mm -hmm. um, and that actually qualifies you for Stuttgart. So that's cool. And you got the river cleaned up that morning, and then if you want to head over to Bentonville that day, over to Arkansas, you can check out the World Championship Squirrel Cook-Off, which is uh, if you're Bear Grease listeners and into the Meat Eater crew, um, particularly Clay and, and his cohort, they're usually over there. Uh, in attendance, hanging out, doing their thing. So uh, that's a real good time if you've never made it. Is that something you've been to before? Yeah, yeah. that's how I met Clay. Okay. Um, was I ran over to that one year, and um, when Clay was still um, the editor of Bear Hunting Magazine and I, was just starting his relationship with Meat Eater. I am really excited about the Oklahoma Waterfowl Festival. I know you said September yeah. 23rd. Yep. G&H Decoys, obviously, at their world headquarters. 
all the stuff they have going on there, the music, the food, yep. the fraternity, just the people, all of that. It's an unbelievable experience. And, and getting to see the history of G&H, right? I yep. mean, last year they had um, tours of the headquarters and of the factory and um, you know, just the old stuff that's around that place. If you've never been there, their main kind of showroom uh, welcoming lobby is super cool. And uh, a lot of history in that room and just a lot of history with that company in general. And so it's cool to see that and hear the stories and be a part of that community. Um, you know, there's only one other really Oklahoma based brand that has the lineage that they do. Uh, you know, that being roundhouse overalls. So, and, and not only the lineage, but the impact, right? The original goose shell decoy. Yeah. was yeah. a GNH product. Back yeah. in the day. And what they're making now, like, you know, if you follow along, what they've been putting out, some updates to some uh, paint patterns, uh, really modernizing the brand a little bit in in uh, their color schemes. Man, these new paint jobs are, <coughs> excuse me, are unbelievable. And, you know, they're, they're the workhorse of the decoy world, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. And... They're, they're so connected to that pursuit that I really think they understand trends before they even come about. And so it's been silhouettes and socks and all of that for a long time, but there's something about a shell that's moving in the wind, um, that's you know on their patented stand that they developed many, many moons ago, and they just seem unbelievably lifelike. Their ability to attract ducks is just through the roof, in my opinion. And and they're they're built to be used. Yeah, you know the 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 lifespan of a GNH decoy is uh, to their disadvantage. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, Rage says that all the time. And so it's it's like uh, the Yeti of of decoys. Mm -hmm. They're they're just unbelievable. And to have that asset in Oklahoma. And to have that ownership group who cared so deeply to bring back manufacturing in Oklahoma and to create jobs for Henrietta and that part of rural Oklahoma is is an unbelievable story. It's a great story. The products speak for themselves. Not only the longevity, but the innovation and the execution of it, right? Like it, it reminds me of the way Apple goes about things where they're trying to predict human behavior and say, these are things that hunters and waterfowlers are going to want, and they don't even know they want them yet. But they're innovating them, they're creating them, and they're executing them beautifully. And the products yep. really do speak for themselves and last a lifetime. Here's a little known fact. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, Oklahoma Waterfowl Festival logo? Um... With the, yeah, I'm looking at it right yeah. here. What do you think of that? I mean, it's beautiful. It's cool. I made it. No, you didn't. I did too. I take it back. It's just okay. <laughs> yeah. Are both of those wings coming off the same side of the bird? Don't worry about some of that <laughs> stuff. All right? Listen. No, it's a great I'm not a graphic head. designer, okay? No, that looks really I cool. Just, I just helped him out when they were getting it going. You have left your mark on the water I'm actually festival. very surprised that they still used it into year two. Like, I thought, oh, I'm helping them out. Yeah. Uh, they'll use this for year one. They'll, little Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get it going, and, and they kept it. So when it came out this year and they were still using it, I was, I was pretty stoked. That's pretty cool. Good yeah. for you. You've left your mark for sure. Yeah. Whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, there's a lot of good stuff going on uh, in the area coming up. We've got more exciting things to announce. We kind of teased, kind of announced last week that we've got another spring bear hunt trip giveaway on the horizon uh, with our good friends out at Drift West in McCall, Idaho. Some more details forthcoming on that. Um, I have run into a couple of people in the last few weeks in Oklahoma that are avid bear hunters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a pretty significant. They've just been in the. They've been in the woods. Sure, you know, like they've been this like subsect of the hunting community. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think things with, frankly, Clay Newcomb and Bear Grease and the in just the amplification of the story of bear hunting, I think, has helped bear hunting. I think there was a. There's been a stigma attached to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think there's some people who probably still carry that stigma with just hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wasn't a anti bear hunter by any means, um, but I probably wasn't a guy until four or five years ago who said, "Oh, I really want to go do that." Yeah. Um, I have a way at which I want to go do it, just because I'm a weirdo. Um, that's probably not the norm for most bear hunters. I'm curious to know more about what you're talking about. I'm just super, but we got to get a break in. So let's do oh. this. You know, I guess we got to give some love to the people who help us keep doing this. We huh? do. Absolutely. Okay. Let's get a break in. We'll pay a couple of bills. Um, and then when we come back, I want to ask you more about that. Hey, here's something else, though. Uh, our once-in-a-lifetime fly fishing trip winners are actually in Yellowstone Yeah, they're out speak. there doing that. Yeah, so we're going to get them on the phone just for a few minutes. We'll chat about how that trip is shaping out, uh, what the week looks like, if they're having any fun, any success, all that. So we'll do that in the next segment. Yeah, we should probably do that before I ramble on about some silly yeah. life goals. Let's do that when we come back. Yeah. We'll talk to them. Um, and then we'll get more into the bear stuff. I've got a kind of a, a maybe a gimmick product here for deer hunting in the studio that I'm going to try out this year. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I want to get your impressions uh, and more inside the outdoor hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Taylor Maples, Joshua Wildman Stratton, Matt Goldbranson with us this week for the first time. We're glad you're here. Thanks for having me again, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, we gave away a once-in-a-lifetime fishing trip opportunity. We did. A fly fishing trip to Yellowstone. Yep. Um, in conjunction with the Outdoor Hour, the Franchise 1077, and the great folks over at J.D. Adams & Company. Yeah. This was a lot of fun to execute. It was. I mean, and it was great for us as a shop because, man, what? I mean, it drove eight 900 people yeah. to our store. In a 90-day um, period. In 90 days. I mean, that was outstanding. and. Uh, so that was cool and rare. I can count on one hand the number of times someone walked in just to fill out the form and left. Yeah. Um, and so uh, super cool for us as a partner um, of that fishing trip and, and a really great way for us to bring people into our store and uh, tell our story to them personally and uh, get them to buy some stuff on top of it. So that was outstanding. Um 
I think these guys are in for a good time. You know, I was not far from there, uh, not but two, two and a half weeks ago on fishing on the Teton and up in Ryrie and, uh, rigs. And, um, so man, the, the rivers looked beautiful. Uh, there was just hatches galore. And I think these guys are probably got a chance to really get into it much higher water than normal at this time of the year. So that was good to see. And, uh, at least it looked higher than normal, but, uh, yeah. I've seen a couple of pictures. Joe, our guide that's out there with them, has sent me a couple of videos and some photos. It looks like they're having a great time. The weather seems nice. They're wet waiting. Um, but let's do this. I want to get those guys on the phone. Jerry Bernstein was our winner. Uh, he won the once-in-a-lifetime trip. It was a $1,000 shop credit to J.D. Adams and company. Yeah, um, he got he got squared away. Do you know what he got? Did he need a new rod? Man, I was actually in Idaho when he came in okay. myself, so I'm not sure what he got, but, you know, what I told him was that's what he should have done. Yeah. You know, uh, don't worry about the little stuff. Go go big here, mm-hmm. you know. So. Well, here's maybe the coolest part, um, and we'll get Jerry on the phone and let him tell his perspective on it. But uh, he gets to bring a plus one on this week-long fly fishing trip, and he's got an adult son that is a huge angler. Um, so we got to bring his son Casey on this trip, and they are up there now in Yellowstone. I think right now they're outside of the park. They're headed back in. They were in the park yesterday, um, but they're fly fishing around Yellowstone for a week. So thanks to J.D. Adams and company for helping us make that happen. Yeah, let's see what they're up to. Yeah, let's get them on the phone here. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Taylor. How are you? Uh, unbelievable. This place is awesome. You guys having a good time? Oh uh, yeah, couldn't have been, couldn't be better. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I know you're just getting started on the trip, but tell me about it. Well, we've had uh, a day in Yellowstone, which was awesome. Fishing was good for everybody but me. But uh, the uh, Joe's been great. His friend Russ was awesome, and it's uh, Casey's hitting a home run every time I see him cast. He catches. You had told me, uh, I think you graded yourself about a 7 or 8 out of 10 as an angler, but you said Casey was a 10 out of 10. Is he living up yeah. to the hype? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think what I'm about a 5 catching? out of 10 so far. <laughs> what are you guys catching? We got some uh, Yellowstone cutthroat in the park, which was unbelievable. Like, it's the fight on those fish, like when they like how they're fighting against such like intense water and like the amount of food that they have, they're just massive. Like they're just an absolute blast. And then we caught yesterday we went up through the Gallatin River up to Bozeman, fished that. We got a, a decent rainbow out of there and then fished our way back along the Madison through Innis and pulled out some aggressive browns around sundown. Casey, had you ever been up that way? I went up when I was a little kid, um, and I didn't really even think about the fishing at the time. I I was not not super into it at the time, but it's like we were driving yesterday, and it's like freaking fly fish capital of the world. There's fishing shop every fly fishing shop every block wild (laughs) 
how is it getting to be there and share it with each other? Oh, it's been great. I just love watching. You know, if I don't catch a fish, I'm still happy, Taylor, because it's just watching the pure joy from Casey and just the environment and the atmosphere. It's been it's been amazing. I'm so happy you guys are getting to have this experience together. You said you were catching some good fish with a lot of fight. Are they eating off the surface? What are you guys using for flies? Um, in the park, I got two of mine off, two off of a hopper off the surface, one off caddis off the surface, and then two on a dropper below the hopper. So kind of kind of a mixed bag, a little bit of everything. What's the plan for the rest of the week then? Today we're going into back into the Yellowstone Park and fish the uh, the Gibbon and then the Madison and then see where the day takes us. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys are having a great time. It looks like the weather's been good so far. It looks like you're wet wading and just having a good time on the river. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's beautiful. And you don't even mind hanging out with Joe, huh? That's the best part, Taylor. (laughs) I love you, man. I'm glad you guys are all getting to hang out and have a good time. Hope it's been a a once-in-a-lifetime experience already for you. Absolutely. It's been great. Thanks again, Taylor. Really appreciate it. You guys are organizing and planning this. Absolutely. I'm glad it's working out well for you. Hope you guys go on and catch a lot more fish. The weather stays nice for you. You have a great time. Um, when you get back into town, we need to have you on the show. Jerry, you can come into the studio. Casey, you can call in, but we'd love to get an update after the fact and just let you tell some of your stories from the week. Is that a deal? Sure, absolutely. Sounds great. We need to get you next time. We hear you're quite the fisherman. Eh, I enjoy fishing, I'll say that. Don't be modest. I'm a better can, angler than Joe. I'll say you, that. Paddlefish whisperer. We all know it. It's fine. <laughs> Man, I uh, I wish I could be there with you guys this week, but I'm glad you're having a good time. And be sure you send me some uh, some more pictures to use. All right. Absolutely, we'll do. Thanks again. You're welcome, guys. Enjoy it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Honestly, though, how cool is that? Oh, it's unbelievable. To get to go hang out, whether for Jerry to take his son, for Casey to get to go hang out with his dad, be up there. I mean, you got to hang out with Joe. It is what it is. That That's an experience in <laughs> itself. You know, that is, uh, uh, we should have we sold that more. What What a couple of days with Joe is like. Here's the deal. I don't sell it, but every time we draw a winner, I put him through a little bit of like, a uh, crash course on what to expect from that week. Yeah. They're they're having a great time though. There's there's it. a lot I'm sure going on that they're not talking about on the radio. Well, I can tell you that as as great of a time as these guys are having this bear hunt will drift west. Yeah. For uh spring of 2024. Yeah. That is uh going to be one heck 
of an experience. You know what's really cool for me, and you talked about bear hunting in the last segment. I want to get to your perspective on that, but um, I don't mean to make a joke. Matt, welcome to the show. I went on a bear hunt. Oh a couple my of years. honestly, Lord. almost made a joke last segment, but I thought it would be too soon, too so soon. I, I didn't. No, I'm just it's never too that, soon. Okay, I'm opening that door for you. But we gave away a bear trip with the outdoor hour. Here's what's cool, though. Okay. Um, I was in. We Oki, know you went there. No, I was in Okieland Bow Hunters over the weekend, and uh, Clayton Duvall, who was our winner of that trip, was in there, and we were talking. And he's going back on an Idaho bear hunt again this year. Like he's building that into his hunting plans moving forward because it was such an impactful experience. Um, so that was really cool to get to to know that we made that kind of an impact on him and his family. Uh, his wife was pregnant on that trip. They went bear hunting together, and she was pregnant, but like nobody knew because it was still early enough. She's like, "Hey, we can't tell anybody when we're doing this," but um, just really, really neat to get to have that kind of an experience. All of that to say, based on the conversations we've had with Clayton. This Drift West Spring 2024 bear trip that we're going to give away is going to be unbelievable. Just next level compared to what we did last time around. Between the no business lodge where we're going to get to stay, um, the property that we're going to get to hunt on, just the management that takes place there, Clayton and his whole team. Yeah. Do yourself a favor if this sparks your interest. And go look up the No Business Lodge and just take yourself a little gander. Yeah. Um, And then stay tuned because here in the coming weeks, we're going to announce a spring 2024 black bear hunt of a lifetime giveaway. Which is going to be pretty unique. It's going to be really unique. The way we're doing it is kind of unique. Yeah. Um, The trip itself is obviously unbelievable. But are we going to get to go on that? Is Clayton going to? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. By we, that means me too, right? You know, the last guy that was in that chair used to politic a lot for those trips. I'm a little bit more open to it now, though. Hey, if it's not during football season, I'm open. <laughs> it's not, Yeah, you're good. It, it'll be it'll in be May. May. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Then I'm totally clear. Yeah. 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 I like it. We'll have to figure that one out. I want to ask you. Yeah. You said, have you ever been bear hunting? No. Okay, you said it's something you're interested in, have been yes. for a few years, Yes. but if you do it, you want it to look a certain way or happen a certain way, what's your vision? I I, just, I want it to be a spot in stock, and I want it to be with a bow. Um, it, there aren't a whole lot of places that that's an option, I don't think, you know. I got nothing against the barrels or, mm-hmm. you know, bait or any of that the reality is there's a lot of places in this world that have too many bears and it affects you know the rest of of the ecosystem and and they need to be managed appropriately so you know um but for me i i think there's something about the mental challenge of being able to keep myself together 20 yards away from a bear far out in the woods somewhere uh, and being able to deliver and, um, the, the mental stamina to do that, I think is probably pretty challenging and maybe I'm overthinking, maybe it's not, but to me, it seems like, man, to keep your wits about you when there's, you know, a few hundred pound black bear staring you down at 20 yards who, you know, you're either going to 
be successful or really piss off if you do it wrong uh, and you're not far enough away to get away. Um, there's something about that that intrigues me. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different beast. And yeah. I, no pun intended on this yeah. at all. It's a very different experience. Um, just being out there in the bare woods, you know, I was in a tree stand for my only bear hunting experience, and it was gnarly enough being up there. Right. Can't imagine being on the ground, spawn, yeah. stalking. But beyond just chasing a bear, think about all the other predators that are in those ecosystems. Yeah. Right? I mean, or animals in general. Yeah, just animals in general, right? Yeah. But, I mean, grizzly bear country, for sure, and a lot of the places we're talking about going oh, for that kind of an experience. Yeah, there's that. Um, wolves have been introduced into a lot of these places. Yeah. Mountain lions, absolutely. I don't like to talk about cats. And then you even run into, like, the moose, right? I mean, you were up there. Mises. The meeses. The meeses. The meese, the mooses. You yeah. saw a dozen, you yeah. know? And honestly, and like, a couple moose of are miles. cool to look at. They're, they're frightening. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, let's do this. If you were out there chasing bears uh-huh. on foot, spot and stalk with a bow, yeah, you've got to pick. You're going to run into one of these. A wolf, a mountain lion, a grizzly bear, or a moose. Which one would you rather turn a corner on a trail and see? A moose. Yeah, I think that's probably the yeah. lesser of all evils. Yeah. <laughs> Just Definitely. trying to keep a tree between it and you. Yeah, and... Just hope it's not a mom with a baby, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to stay. I'm not going to look at it. Yeah. I don't even like talking about that. <laughs> I'm not going to look at it. And, hey, listen, if you're listening to this show and you're like, these dudes are wimps, I'm okay with you thinking that. Just make it perfectly clear. I've accepted my uh, place in the hierarchy of massive beasts. And masculinity, you yeah. know, like I, yeah. I know enough about myself to know what challenges I'm willing to take on. Um, there is something different about being in those woods chasing those animals. You're not the top. No, not Particularly at all. with a bow in your hands. Yeah. I mean, we talk about bow hunting all the time is you're always the visiting team, yeah. you know, um, and you're like, it's a big spread. You're not even close to a favorite, you know, when you're chasing those yeah, kinds of it's predators. Based, it's like OU playing OSU in football, and you're oh! OSU. Yeah. 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 We the can say that on the are, franchise. The odds are stacked against you. <laughs> There's Kind of looks like a lot some, of the OU schedule this year, to be honest. Some guy's going to show up with a mullet and ruin it for you. Little Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone action. No, I'm talking about I'm, I'm 40. <laughs> I was trying to go in a different direction. I know you were trying, but I wanted to stay right where I was at. That's all right. Hey, uh, I was out this weekend on our lease riding around in the Pedigo. Oh, I got someone who'd like to come hang out there, by the way. At Pedigo or at the lease? Probably both, to be frank. Are we talking about you? Well, you already know that. (laughs) You have somebody else? I mean, you know him. I didn't tell him he could. I'm just sharing it with you so that it's off my plate of burden over the air is how we want to do this yeah okay. yeah <laughs> who are we bringing out <laughs> yeah. here? that's up to you you know if you choose or choose not to ex- you know welcome them into your piece of ground 
Why don't we do this during the break? We're not. His name is Daniel Orr, and he's a great man. I like Dan. And in fact, he's a veteran. He is a veteran. Seven combat deployments. Really laying it on thick here. Okay. Um, And he would really like to go whitetail hunting this year. Is he a whitetail hunter? Um, I mean, when he lived in Utah, he did a lot of elk hunting and mule deer hunting. Yeah. Doesn't, hasn't traditionally done a whole lot of, of whitetail because he, you know, lived in elk and mule deer country. Why would you chase whitetail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But he's into it. He is. And his daughter is super into it. So at, at Piedmont, they have an outdoor class that they take and the, um, the students get to go hunting. I'm not kidding you. And so uh, two years ago, um, they work um, with the family who owns Great Plains Kubota, and he offers up their property, and they take these kids out, and uh, they get to go hunting. And his daughter just absolutely loved it and had a great time, uh, killed two does, and uh, Dan's feeling the need to, you know, keep that that passion going and uh, looking to fill the freezer at the same time. So um, he mentioned to me last night, he was like, man, I got to get out and, and do some whitetail hunting this year. And um, I didn't say anything. Oh, so he doesn't know we're having this conversation. No. He wasn't asking, hey, see if Taylor would. Nope. No. So we can you help could be out. the cool guy. Yeah, we can, we can make that You could be happen. the cool guy. Yeah. Is he in Piedmont? Basically, yeah. I've got some places out that way. And his his uh, his wife uh, works for the schools there. Yeah. She's a special ed teacher. Okay. I mean, but we could do some cool stuff. Do you have a heart? You know, for Dan, I've got a heart. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I he's like. He's a Dan. great man. He's a good dude, and he's a veteran. He is. I was starting to talk about my friends over at Pedigo, and you should honestly, Lance. King. Great, great people. Great people that owns this store. Great product. Great product. Get over to Pedigo OKC. They're a big supporter of this show, and they help us make this happen. Um, so you could get over there and just show your support for the Outdoor Hour. If you mention the Outdoor Hour, they're going to save you money as well. So be sure you remember to say, hey, I was listening to the Outdoor Hour, uh, and I heard about Pedigo, and that's why I'm here. You know one of the reasons I like Pedigo bikes what? is because... The number of people whose life circumstance has limited their physical ability. And we're all going to find ourselves there at some point. Some of us find ourselves there sooner than others. Maybe mm-hmm. you were in a car accident. Maybe you were like, Dan, you got blown up by an IED. Like, who knows, right? And the day comes where our body says, man, we can't get as far in the woods as we used to. Mm-hmm. That tree stand we really love or that blind that we had spent so many years and memories in, we can't get to it anymore. And Pedigo helps you do that. Yeah. You can get back there further, uh, more efficiently, with less exertion. My favorite part is that you just get to control the level of exertion, right? Right. If you want to ride that thing like a mountain bike, do it. Right. You're crazy, but do it. Yeah. You know, if you want to do it like me and ride it like a dirt bike where you just brap on the, uh, but it's it's quiet. You know? Right. In my mind, I'm making those yeah, noises, yeah, yeah. though. You probably physically are making those noise. <laughs> like, I envision you going through the woods being like a little kid going. Yeah. And that's why he's not very successful. 
Did you ever, as a kid, smash a soda can and like wedge it up on your bike tire no. so it would sound like a motorcycle? As a guy who loves riding bikes now, yeah, I wasn't really into riding bikes when I was a kid. Dude, you could not get me off of my bike as a little kid. I loved being on bikes, and I still do. And I have a road bike, and I have a mountain bike. If I'm in my garage, I'm reaching for the pedigo, though. It is just so much fun. And again, I can control that exertion level is the biggest piece. On days I want to get more of a workout in, I can do that. Right. But I don't have to worry about how far I've gone so I know I can get home. Do I still have the legs and the lungs to get home? Like, just turn around and rip the throttle and get yourself back to the truck when you need to. So check out Pedigo OKC. Do it. MacArthur Boulevard, just west of Lake Hefner. Tell Lance you heard about him on the Outdoor Hour. And let's go ride. We'll be back with more Outdoor Hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour final segment this week. We have covered a lot of stuff. We've hit the calendar of events coming up. We've talked about the uh, once-in-a-lifetime fly fishing trip giveaway. We've actually spoken with our winner, Jerry and his son Casey from Yellowstone. Uh, We talked some mule deer stuff. Um, It is dove season coming up. That's probably the next big thing on your radar. Real close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other than football season. That's true. Absolutely. I have not done a lot of dove hunting. No? I've done it. Um, It's not anything that I've really, like, set my calendar around. And I know that there are people that that is kind of the gateway to the fall. It's, I'm going to call off work on Dove Day, and we're going to get out and just slay them. Or hope Um, to. (laughs) It's more of a humbling experience for me more often than not. Those little suckers are fast. Yeah. Um, and usually, you know, I haven't put any time into like shooting my shotgun since the end of duck season. Yep. So I'm totally rusty. Yep. And I just jump into like, Hey, let's go try to drop some really fast birds. And I haven't shot in, you know, months. Kind of how the waterfowlers are when teal season, when that early yeah. teal hits and those F-16 teals yeah. come flying in. You're yeah. like, What? I'm super stoked, though, for this year. I'm going to uh, test out that new uh, Weatherby side-by-side in 20-gauge. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you should go check it out. What do you shoot normally? A 16-gauge. Okay. Browning Humpback. Yeah? Sweet 16. How'd you get into that? Um, I just always felt like 12-gauges were overkill. And as I started to do... S- some research and talk to some people and look at the history of how big 16 gauges were at a point in time in American history and how successful they were at putting birds down. Like why would I not go with a lighter gun that had less percussion and kick and see what I could get done. And for myself, what I learned particularly in modern advancements, or even if you have an old Browning, you know, Belgian-made Sweet 16. They still operate exceptional. And you got, you know, companies like Boss Shot Shells who have developed 16-gauge rounds specifically for vintage 16-gauge shotguns. Very 
easy to get your hands on. Um, I love what Bosch is doing in general. And so, man, I, I just dig them. Um, I've yet to find a circumstance where it couldn't get done what I needed to do. And so, um, I think they're cool and I, I tend to lean towards the smaller shotguns in general and this new side-by-side from Weatherby, they took a really traditional look of the gun but then they made some modern advancements to it it's still a traditional double trigger um most of it is you know it's a very stripped down simple looking gun you know grade a walnut in the stock pretty but not over the top um this very simplistic uh system in in trigger and uh, shell release but they added uh, uh, choke extensions and so you know you still get some of those modern advancements in that shotgun so I'm super stoked to check that thing out and um, see how it works I've never been I've always been interested in side-by-sides this will be my first side-by-side so I'm uh, interested to see I'm sure there'll be quite a learning curve and I'll probably miss a lot but um, I'm excited to give it a whirl. That's really cool. You know yeah. what I think is fascinating about the hunting and fishing world is every year there's new uh, revolutionary products that are out there. And the innovation in this industry um, in a lot of ways helps us do more. But then there are some old school things that are just still so relevant today. You know, the old Fred Bear quote about your grandfather, you know, shooting more deer than you ever will wearing blue jeans and a red flannel jacket. You know, you can spend all the money on camouflage you want, but the best camouflage pattern is called sit down and shut up. Right. You know, Um, in that same vein, it has been so much fun for me just in the last few years of whitetail hunting to go from ground blinds to having a level of comfort with tree stands and hang on stands and then being in the oaky hide today. It's just yeah. unbelievable the product. The Taj that they Mahal have. of hunting. To know that you, they literally are building one now with air conditioning in it. That might be a little over the top for me I don't know, personally. It's pretty- it's pretty hot in September. <laughs> Especially like in Texas, you know, yeah. some of these places that they're yeah. putting these blinds. Yeah, of course. Um, but all of the shelf configurations and the blackout curtains and just the space, how well manufactured those hides are to where there's no creaks as you're moving around. Um, the guys from Oki Hides on their properties, I know, will literally put like Lazy Boy chairs in theirs and recliners. Um, they're, they're that heavy duty that you could get something that substantial in there and not worry about it. Listen, the second you tell me there's a Wi-Fi booster, I'm in. That's a pretty easy thing to do, of course, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, in the modern world... yeah of how we a lot of people myself included get to work yeah completely remote i mean if i'm home i yeah doesn't matter where i'm working as long as i'm getting my job done and if i the what i like about oki hide is if i had the cell phone i could that can literally be my office and they're so quiet that i could just be taking zoom calls from in there when i have to and then jump back into the hunting scenario you know like hey hold on guys turn my camera off uh whack a deer and uh jump back on uh that's i'm into that 
I have not told this story publicly, but the day I shot my first deer in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, I had my laptop in the blind with me. I was working from the deer blind. Yeah. Okie hide makes that possible. Thank you. Okie hide <laughs> my remote office in the woods. It's unbelievable. Check out okiehides.com If you're in the market for a new hide, uh, I guarantee you will be blown away at the products these guys are putting out. Speaking of products, I've got another new product here. Um, and this is something that was sent to me. I'm really interested. It's been a couple of weeks that I've been looking at this case. I haven't really torn into it. Um, it is called a scent blender. Are you familiar with these, Josh? Only from our conversations. I wasn't privy to them prior to that, but uh, I can tell you that I'm into the idea. It's really fascinating. It's something I had seen advertised a number of times, um, and I didn't really understand it, but I actually sent a direct message to their social media account and asked some questions, and they sent me one. So I'm going to try it out this year, and I'll give you guys a review uh, as I do. But the idea here is basically it reminds me of a little coffee grinder. It's got two pieces. One of them is like a little handheld coffee grinder that's battery-operated. Um, actually, no, you charge it. It's got an internal battery, but you just you plug it into the wall. But you grind up uh, pieces of leaves or pine needles or whatever it is that's on your property with this little grinder. And then it's got a spray bottle with it. And I guess you just add some water to it and you make your own scent cover uh, concoction. Um, my, uh, my hypothesis, if I can go that route, um, because I do believe in scent cover for sure. I don't know that this is going to replace a dead down wind or something that neutralizes your odors. I know around here, ozonics machines are really big. Um, I've hunted under ozonics. I use dead down wind on my boots and, and all of that. But I think that if you could do something like that to really neutralize your odors and then something like this to cover that scent, that might be the magic bullet for you. Because this has got to be so much more uh, efficient than like a store-bought pine scent or something that's just generic. To be able to go out on your lease or your property and use what you find there naturally to create a scent cover for you. I mean, in concept, it sounds great to me. Yeah, I think there's something to the locality of where you hunt and making your surroundings smell like where you're hunting. You know, I, I that I can wrap my head around. I'm probably not like you in the sense that I think scent cover is BS. You do think it's BS? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, and here's and he, here's a better way to explain it. Like camo. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm sprayed. I got my camo on. And then they forget about all the other things. Like, are they being observant? Are they being quiet? Are they treading lightly and slowly? Are they, you know, really taking that next step with a game plan of where they're headed and how are they covered? Or are they just like a bull in a china shop running through the woods? So, to simplify your position, and I'm kind of making a guess at it here, yeah. um, 
I'm assuming you still believe in the wins and you still play the wins, but it sounds oh, like you're saying if the wins are right, it doesn't matter what you smell like. Uh, so if you go wash your hunting sh- in Tide, yeah, yeah, you better throw something on it, right? Like if you're if you're drenching yourself in unnatural odors. scent and odors, yeah. then yeah, you you do need to cover it up. But like. If you're using a simple solution, a more natural solution to wash your clothes in, and you're air drying them on a hanger outside and they're absorbing natural scents as they're drying anyways. And if you're like me, you're probably just not washing your hunting stuff very often at all anyways. I don't think you wash your street clothes very often. I don't... I mean, that's fair. I'm not arguing with you. Do you leave your hunting clothes outside? Yeah, like I I literally haven't washed any of my hunting stuff in three years. Really? I'm dead serious. I wash my stuff probably two to three times a season, but I'll use a detergent again, like... A dead down wind. I'll use a dead down wind or something like that. Um, But then I always hang them out in the garage. I don't dry them, and I leave them. I, I hang them in the garage um, like our third car garage door, you know, mm-hmm. the structure up there. Yeah. I just got hangers lined up. My wife loves that. Oh, yeah, she does. What. She's super stoked. Um, I'm really curious, though. Let's do this. Why don't we put this on social media? I'd love to get a poll. I'm curious, listeners, if you believe in uh, scent cover um, or if you're more like Josh. It's more El Natural, use the winds, um, or if you're buying products. And and, and, and I'm not knocking the pro- the quality of the products. Let me clarify. Like I think sure. that pr- there's a lot of really great products out there that mm-hmm. do that. It's just not part of my routine. And there have been times... Is killing big deer part of your routine? It has. Been, there has <laughs> been times where it's been part of my routine, and I personally never saw a positive impact. Interesting. Like... the. Times where, oh, I forgot, and I'm, like, nervous about it, and I see more deer then, right? Um, And for me, it's probably because I'm like, oh, man, I already have this strike against me. I better be more cautious on these other things. Sure. And that's more my point is, like, let's don't allow modern camo or modern uh, techniques to stop us from actually becoming good outdoorsmen. Yeah. I respect that. That's... That's, I get that. that's more my point, I think. Okay. Well, we're going to put it on social media. Check us out on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and TikTok at Outdoor underscore Hour. You can find me individually at T underscore Maples. Josh is on Instagram at Against underscore Current. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to up the ante here. Okay. Okay. Based upon the results of said survey. Yep. If... People th- end up saying they think it's a little gimmicky. Taylor's first two hunts of the year, not in an Oki hide. First two hunts of the year, no scent protection. Okay. Yeah. And let's see what happens. Yeah. If I'm wasting money on this stuff. Yeah. Let me know. And if I end up being wrong, I will rock it all season and I'll let you know if I had a better success rate. And I know we got to get out of this segment, but here's my thoughts just to wrap that up. I spend so much. First of all, there's a limited number of days that you can hunt, right? 
and the amount of energy and time and money that we invest to go do these things, I don't want to leave any variables out there. If there is a product that I can buy, and maybe I'm just exposing myself as a consumer today, but if there's a product I can buy that can help me be in better position based on the investments I've already spent, if I can wash my clothes a certain time, whatever, yeah, and I feel that way about scent, like, yes, the wins are more important. Um, that's why I'm not big. I don't own an Ozonics machine for that reason. The money hasn't been worth it to me for what I feel like I get out of it. Um, but that doesn't stop me from spraying down my boots and dead down wind before I go. That's part of the reason I like the Pedigo is it allows me to get in without laying down footsteps of scent, you know, um, all of these things. But yeah, I'm really curious what you guys as listeners think about this. And and there um, are people who are guaranteed better knowledgeable about this than you or I. 100%. These are just our personal experiences. 100%. Right? So find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at outdoor underscore hour. Look for the polls that will be there in the next couple of days. Uh, just connect with us in general. We'd love to hear from you, hear uh, where you're listening from, what topics you want to hear covered, and all of that. If you want to advertise, if you're interested in supporting this show and helping it continue to stay on air and bring outdoor content to Oklahoma City, uh, send me an email, taylor.m at tylermedia.com, and we can get you with one of our marketing consultants here as well. That's going to do it for the Outdoor Hour this week. Josh, you got a final thought for us? I do. Stay tuned, because I think we should put a little Outdoor Hour dove hunt together. That'd be cool. For two or two, four maybe listeners who want to come hang out with you and I, maybe we do a podcast in the field. Uh, Maybe I, I think we can pull something together here. I mean, I know we've got access to some properties. I wonder if the guys over at Infinite Outdoors can hook us up with something. I think we should reach out to them. That'd be a good thing. Yeah. Maroney, look at your phone. We're going to give you a call. Yeah. All right. If you're listening. This has been the Outdoor Hour. I'm Taylor Maples. That's Joshua Wildman Stratton. Matt Goldbranson. The Goldfish. That's right. Thanks for being with us. Good first episode. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. I'll see you next week. All right. Until then, go boldly. We'll see you outdoors.